Hello and welcome to a special special edition of Third Degree Burn that is concentrating on the She-Hulk Attorney at Law series. We're about four episodes in and we have a distinguished panel for you. Now, I'm your guest host, Kirk Greenfield, and I'm joined by Brian Hughes. Hey, how's it going? And Tim Elliott. Hello. And I understand Brian's invited a few of his uh, family members. Chris, are you there? Hello. And is it Beth? That's right. Hola. So we have a distinguished five-person panel here, and although we're having a, a little difficulty with Skype, we're going to uh, attempt to discuss the fourth episode, which just dropped last Thursday, approximately two days ago. Yeah, um, apparently Max Headroom is taking place of Tim Elliott. Hey, Tim. Hey, there may be, uh, there may be, there may be small. But... Yeah, that's a good example of, of the difficulties we're having. But so we're going to uh, try to interpret for him when necessary. Now, not to tip my hand too early here, but uh, I wanted to let you guys know this episode, it's great! <laughs> it's great. Right off the top here. What? Any comic news or other uh, fandom information that we need to share, like Henry Cavill is choices for the new FF movie. Or no, Henry anything. Cavill is not Doctor Doom. John Boyega is not Johnny Storm. And I don't know who they were going to have as Sue Storm, but Seth Rogen is definitely not Ben Grimm. All that fake news, whatever you want to call it, not real. Let's move on. Well, I've got, well, I've got two things. One, okay. one, quick, because uh, it dropped yesterday or day before. Uh, I watched uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. I never got to the theater, so I watched, I watched it. Has everybody seen it? I have. Spoiler thing. We have. have. Yep. Yeah, anybody not see it here? Well, you're clear to make comments then, Tim. Okay. Well, I'm not going to spoil things. I'm just going to say that um, that that movie's almost almost unwatchable. I had to watch it in in sections because the, the comedy is so uh, they won't let up. It's it's so unrenting, and it's not and it's not comedy. And I mean that in the broadest broadest sense of uh, any time they, they they even remotely get close to a a quiet or a or a sit they are cut it with some stupid joke and just, I, just, well, I did not enjoy it right i can understand that i my memory of the film which i did see in the theater uh i i appreciate what you're saying that yes there's an a healthy almost over the top effort at humor but on the other hand the other side of the scale they're dealing with death an impending death from cancer um, of one of the characters. I won't spoil it any further, but uh, you know, it, that's a really heavy topic. How do you make a movie about somebody who's going downhill and ultimately is going to expire? So I understand why they injected a lot of levity, but I understand also your concern that it was too broad of humor and, and too light. They, they could have, I don't want to like the later, the later, the later point. Um, um, uh, uh, I think there was a there's a um, a baseline of a good story there because they're dealing with loss, grief, and they could have approached it, I think, a little more seriously instead of kind of it's it's it was a rom com between well, Thor it, and it, it made me think about how uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm 
had that kind of mix of pathos and then comedy. I mean, because you deal with so many horrible things in Ragnarok, the destruction of, of Asgard, uh, at least the city, uh, the death of Odin, uh, just so many horrible things happened there. So many Asgardians were lost to Hela or Hela. And yet the movie had so much humor thrown into it. And both were directed by Taika Waititi. And of course, you know, they bookend Infinity War and Endgame. And we know what happened to Thor. And that, of course, you know, Thor at the beginning of the movie was still uh, the dude Thor. Um, He's bro Thor. Yeah. And then you had, you know, Christian Bale as the god killer. And, and he was just ultimate pathos right there, you know? Yeah, but even he, well, I, think, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Christian Bale was kind of wasted. He didn't, they didn't give him a lot to do. Um, and the, the opening scene is nice. That is that is probably the best part of it, of it, except the portrayal of the God was a little goofy. And the that scene he has with the children when they're kind of in the like a cage, he kind of comes in and he's kind of, he's supposed to be mocking him, but he's basically just being, making jokes with him. Okay, but all that aside, though, what about the screaming goats? Oh, oh my God. But didn't it remind you of our shows? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it did, and I laughed every time it happened. They scream more than we but... <laughs> Yeah. I kept uh, looking around true. wondering if, if Kirk was going <laughs> to ring the cowbell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I don't think you guys have a lot of forced no. humor. Humor, you know. <laughs> Y'all flows naturally, but I would like to quickly interject here. Uh, this past uh, couple of days, we've had D23, Disney's uh, annual event, where they showcase new projects and other things such as. And it is Disney's been around for about a hundred years now, yep. which is I think is awesome. And they have showcased some uh, more stuff, like they showed new logos for Daredevil Born Again, Captain America New World Order, and that they're going to be releasing shorts and their new video games as well. And they've got one here that I am so excited for. Which one's that? It looks incredible. What's that? It is, it's a new video game in World War II where you play as both Captain America and Black Panther fighting Nazis. Really? I didn't know about that. That's cool. Like, yeah. the Nazis? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> now, I understand they dropped the trailer for Secret Invasion. I yes. Saw I saw that. That looks... It looks about the same. What I would ask, is you seen the trailer that just, uh, just dropped for Werewolf by Night? I did not see that. Is no, that the Marvel? It's got Man-Thing in it. Oh, wow. Is it a giant-sized yeah, man thing? Yeah. All right, Brian. I did not see that thing. Um, Just repeating the book title. It, it looks it's terrible. It's, it's so off-subject. It is not worth my night. It, they've got it listed as a comedy. Oh, man. And it, it almost looks like it's a film. I don't know. It's, maybe it's, it's a film and not a, a series. But it, apparently it comes comes out in October, so it's their Halloween version. But, but uh, I saw Luke Jack Eddie posted it. 
this has nothing to do with me uh, or not. Do, do you think, I don't know if this is even in the realm of possibility, but do you think Disney may have put out a fake trailer just as a tongue-in-cheek joke, or would they not drop like, that? Go and watch it. It almost looks like a fake. It, it, what it looks like is, uh, you know when somebody will do a fake trailer that they're mimicking, like a grindhouse trailer from the 70s? Yeah. Get a lot of film scratching. And the soundtrack pops a lot. It looks like that. So maybe, uh, maybe they are. It's just a big, a big. But uh, I saw it on Disney. It's online, and I saw it on Disney Plus. Um, and I saw the saw the sacred trailer. So. Yeah. See, I'm not seeing anything on Dark Horizons, and they would list the trailer if it was released recently. If you've got Disney Plus, hey, Disney Plus, Disney yeah. Plus, on Disney Plus. Oh, Isn't you? Werewolf by Night when we got our first Moon Knight appearance? Yeah, that's why we thought he would show up because of Moon Knight. It's Moon Knight. It goes into thirty-one. Let me I'm missing because the one that's already expensive. Uh, huh. There is. I will say this: there is a. There's one brief, and it almost looks like it's shot in black and white. The brief scene where you can't, it's just closes of uh, somebody as a werewolf. But there is a very quick scene of a silhouette of someone that you, I think is the werewolf. He looks like like Jack Rowley. He looks like he's the, the standard werewolf by night shape, you know, a bipedal wolf. And he's got the torn, uh, torn pants. Oh, that looks like something that um, I think Clue first originally did the artwork for. Um, Michael I, Jackson. I, I, I don't <laughs> screw it up. I want to screw it up. It need to be a comedy. Don't, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't Maybe it's going to be a remake of Teen Wolf. No, it's almost like uh, there's a movie in the, the, the 70s called um, uh you're talking about the Michael Landon, I was a teenage werewolf? No, no that's okay. from the 50s. That's this is in the 70s, and it's, it's, got, it's got what they call werewolf break, where, you know, they get people together in a, in a like, kind of like a Agatha Christie kind of Timbal Indians thing, and they're like, one of you, one of you is a werewolf, and we don't know who it is, and about... Oh, right, right before the third act hits, the film actually stops and addresses addresses and says, "Who do you think is the werewolf?" That's what they call the werewolf brick. That's what it looks like. It's a bunch of hunters. Those are a bunch of hunters that are gathered at, to pace back to their dead boss. He seems to be like a zombie because he's talking. But then somebody somebody is them or their werewolf in the room when it seems like kind of running red and killing him off. Well, it's sort of um, like the online game werewolf. Um, maybe, I don't know. It's, it doesn't sound anything like werewolf by night. Okay. So, sounds like it's, it's added name only. Okay, um, I, I found uh, an IMDB listing for it. And it's funny because it lists Michael Giacchino as the director. The, uh, the composer? Yeah. And Gail Garcia Bernal as Jack Russell. Um, 
trying to see if this gives us much more really good information. It's Michael Giacchino and Jacob Maya as the directors. Heather Quinn is the writer. Um, it follows lycanthrope superhero who fights crime using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. Sorry. Oh, that's that's worth worth by night, but just just whatever and tell me if it looks anything like what what you you be worth by night. It's and it's like premiering that. October seventh. Yeah, it comes out. Uh, that's quicker than I thought, but still. Um, um there. but I, I I still see some sketchy. Okay, it's a runtime of one hour with a budget of five thousand dollars. Something not right here. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a teaser. So we also got an image and uh, uh, casting for who's going to be the main cast of the Thunderbolts movie. Yeah, I heard about I heard, that too. Heard, 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 uh, you got Yelena. Bucky, U.S. Agent, Taskmaster, the uh, Red Guardian, Ghost, and some random white girl. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is a really random person. I have no idea who it is. And I don't know if you guys are hearing this, but I, I'm beaming with fatherly pride over my son's, you know, jump into comic book stuff. The, the things that he is saying these days, and it's not coming from me. He's getting all this on his own. That is cool. Welcome to the addiction, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I've already bought myself a comic book box, and it's about halfway full now. You're on your way. Okay, you so I see I Sebastian. I see Sebastian Stan is going to be in there as Bucky, um, yeah. and John Walker, of course. Uh, <sighs> And I like, I like Wyatt, but he really needs to get rid of that homie. He looks like the dude from Up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a character named Ava, played by Hannah John Kamen. That's all they list of her is Ava. Olga Kirilenko, who played the Taskmaster, is also in it, as well as Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who played the Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, the Contessa. Yeah. So that's all, all the stuff that, that started in Captain uh, America or, or Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and Winter Soldier. It, at the very end, it caught like with Captain America. So. Yeah. Uh, but there's that. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the movie I'm most excited for currently is probably Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, that's good I, saw, I saw that on Jaws last week. They had a big preview for that. Yeah, uh, that one's exciting. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the new um, Black Adam. No, season three of Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, I think that dropped in it. It did. It did. And I've been watching Captain Network. Little trailer. But I do not believe that is what we are here for tonight. We are here for. I people. don't. Speed. But what they looked like sitting in the cockpit was so cute. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm just looking at him being Mando Daddy. 
But anyway, I guess we should get to She-Hulk before yep. we run out of time. Uh, uh, this was a lighter tone episode as far as I was concerned. And it, I don't know, was it shorter than the others? It was it 36 was minutes. So it was longer than some. Faster. Yeah. Definitely had a fast pace to it. Um, and of course, uh, all the all the Wong appearances, which uh, always make it better. And they even yeah, acknowledge that on the show. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, just personal preference. The uh, I I can't even come up with pop culture reference. The uh, the spaced out girl who may be drunk, but is certainly from the valley. And Madeline with a Y, but not where you think. Yeah, that well, yeah. that got tiring, and I thought that was a borderline obscene joke when I first. Oh, read that. they are using her everywhere in their marketing. She is all over the place. She's really? all she's all over the internet. It's like, you know, she's become this cult hero or something. Just since it's dropped? Yeah. I've never seen her anywhere except for this, yeah. and I found yeah. her Me exceedingly like a, tedious. I, like a Snooki from yeah. Jersey Shore. <laughs> well, that's the exactly. point. That's what Chris said. I said that exactly yep. whenever she came on screen. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're really, uh, you're going to see her popping up all over the place and in, 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 in little bits and stuff. I, I I was just like shocked at how she kept popping up on my screen. So I don't I don't I don't yeah I don't. Like a virus? She may be a uh, uh, recurring character with Wong. I don't I, I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna get any more Wong in this. Um, well, I appreciate they're developing a a supporting cast of characters who may or may not be mixed in. The various episodes, but God, I hope she's not going to be a recurring supporting character. I mean, she wouldn't. I think she'd just be. It shows her hanging out with Wong. Yeah. Right. You know, so I think if you see him, you might see her. I don't think. And I don't okay. know if we're going to see uh-huh. any more. It's uh, just a running gag, is all it is. I don't think they're going to stretch it out a whole lot. Oh, come no. on. Y'all know that's Wong's girlfriend now. Yeah, I was thinking it might be going there. Or maybe it'll play off in uh, Doctor Strange with, you know, Strange and Clea and Wong and what's her name? Madeline or Madison with a Y, but not where you think. Madison with a Y and two N's, but not where you think. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Now, the other recurring character in this particular episode, I really want to talk about because his name sounds so familiar, like I should recognize who they're playing. And at first, you know, Jack Russell, as a kind of in-joke for Werewolf by Night, I was thinking that, what's the name of the magician? Donnie, Donnie Blaze. Donnie Blaze. Donnie Blaze. It's, yeah, Donnie was that an in-joke? Was that a play on Ghost Rider? Well, Donnie Blaze? Uh, okay, the, the idea was, and this is what, what, I'm, what I've got from the trivia page, from IMDb is the name Donnie Blaze is a play on the alter ego of the first Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze. Given that Donnie is misappropriating real magic, it's likely that Johnny Blaze exists in the MCU and Donnie is misleading the audience into thinking he's related to Blaze, who would be known to the public as a daredevil stuntman, which in turn foreshadows the plot twist of Titania suing Jennifer for trademark infringement over the use of the name She-Hulk. So well, it, it's yeah, it's all it's all um, 
Oh, and the character of Madison became so popular among fans that there's a cult following around her that started immediately. Not only did fans share cosplays based on her, but also several memes. Yeah, she's exploded. She's gone viral. Cosplay? How can somebody cosplay for us already? Well, I guess there are actually people in the world that are Her credit because while she went to other universes, she still somehow came out alive. And you wouldn't think that someone so ditzy would make it out alive. Well, was there any significance to... I'm, I'm sorry, Beth, I'm just wondering, is there any significance to the six drops of blood? Is that a Mephisto thing? Uh, well, six drops of blood is like a mocking of the, it's this holy thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's six, six, and then another. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, gotcha. Demonic. But uh, the, the funny part was, is his name was Jake, and me and mom were talking about how it's like Jake from the farm. <laughs> no, that, is that Jake or Jared? Oh, no, Jared's from Subway, and he's in prison. Me and mom, as soon as we heard his name, we looked at each other and said, like, good neighbors. Yeah, it's, it's like when someone I'm says... I'm going watch the episode now, because I think I missed that. <laughs> it's yeah, like when... His name was Jake, and, uh, yeah. It's just the way she said it, and it just reminds me of the commercials. <laughs> Jake. Right. Well, somebody, somebody pointed out that the, the previous episode when she when she went to trial to get Emil Blonsky off and he off brings in Wong as a witness and he basically comes in and you know admits to the fact that he was breaking him him out of jail. Well, in this episode he shows up in court and there's consequences to that. He's like they've forgotten all about that that he's been admitted. Or it's a different court. He was at, he wasn't in court. He was in a parole hearing. Now he's taking legal action somewhere else. Right. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, it's Wong. He's Source of Supreme. I don't think any regular prison's going to keep him. No, no. But there, there was no. There was. I mean, I think that's where this 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 show is 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 missing. Um. Uh, Missing uh, a good storyline, where I could really explore how how does how does those at least this is the American legal system how does it deal with the fact that you've got these meta beings, superheroes and demons and other entities that exist, and if, I guess the public knows about it. How do you deal with that? I mean, what you know, like like the one where they found the that. Um, Dark, who was depressing anybody, you know, how do you, how can you deal with that on the legal system, you know, and have her, if she's, if she's heady, um, but they, but they kind of treat, treat it like, um, uh, they're your citizens, you know, so it's like, no, they, uh, completely unpressed, un, you know, you've got alien beings that are not living on Earth that are, you know, is, you know, is Wong legally the, uh, I guess uh, is he in Nepal? Where's the where's the uh, Yeah, and right now it's over in Nepal after the New York Sanatorium Sanctum on Bleecker Street. So is he is he uh, uh, Nepalese? Is that the right word? Is he is he uh, a member of is he a citizen of the country 
is he an American citizen? You know, if he well, is, you have to, you couldn't probably prosecute him at the extra you know. So um, that's probably a little too serious for as lighthearted as this show is, but yeah, you know, it's a little bit of that. I mean, I mean, it's kind of, a, I think that's really kind of fascinating, you know, you want to make it grounded in how, in a more procedural how you know how to deal with that stuff. You know, that's more of the grind time she's gonna you know that would be uh, um, I think it'd just be an, an interesting avenue to explore and they're just kind of have to do their little courtroom scenes and they have scenes and punchy punchy run scenes, you know, where she's doing all the little whatever those things were, little Let me tangent or whatever they were. Let me tangent just for a second on this. What you're saying is you wanna see a little bit more seriousness than consequences for his possibly illegal actions, which I won't defend here. This this came up once before, um, and I, I find it fascinating. In the Kree-Skrull War, before Neil Adams came on board, they were talking about Skrulls and, and the Kree and, and, you know, playing us for fools and fighting on the Earth. As that series unfolded over an amazing adventure, the Inhumans saga uh, first went through four installments with Jack Kirby, and then the next four were with Neil Adams drawing and co-plotting. And in the last eighth episode, there's what it looks like an on-screen death, a strike by lightning caused by Thor. At least that's how it appears. My understanding before Neil left somewhat abruptly because he discovered he wasn't working with Roy Thomas as he was promised, was that he was going to take that into the Avengers and explore literally what does it mean to be an Avenger? And is Thor above the laws of man because he's a Norse god? Oh. I think that's a fantastic opportunity that they missed. And uh, I'll, I'll end my tangent here because I can hear the cowbell ringing. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. I, I'm wondering if one of the things Matt Murdock will be discussing when he's on there is... You know, is Spider-Man liable for all the residue from his web fluid? Well, I mean, it basically, if you were going to go this route, basically you're looking at, like, the Incredibles whenever, um, was it? Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible ended up getting into legal action. I mean, that's kind of how I see that going. If we went down this road, that premise would stand. If you yeah. watch the Incredibles. Right, right. It was, it was like the, the, the government was, uh, they already wore it, tried that a little bit in Civil War, you know, the government tried to stand and make them sign their, their registration and sign the uh, Sokovia Accords. Accords, the Accords, all that. So they have been kind of dealing with that on a kind of realistic level, but um, I don't know. I, th- I guess I want a little more law and order in this. Just a little more serious, or have her dealing with them with it more. Um, let me tangent. What do so you guys it think? It would of make you feel better, Tim, if she went ahead and handed him a stack of NDAs for his <laughs> <laughs> disciples. Yeah, it could be a, a, a line of how do we deal with this kid? This guy is from another dimension. He is no legal status here. How do we deal with that? Just just acknowledge the fact that this is all unknown, unknown that they're in. And she's acting like, oh yeah, it's no deal, you know, I'm just gonna, you know. Yeah. And they also treat Wong like 
uh, uh, they write him like he's from another planet. Like, oh, he lived on Earth. He knows about earthly things. He may develop mystical magic, but he knows about standard Earth um, uh, processes and things like that. But yeah, they, they, they treat him like he's from another planet and has no idea how, how things work on Earth. But I think that's just to make him more of a you know, that's for comic relief. But, but what, uh, what what did you guys have the, the I guess is the B plot of her and her dating app, uh, Matcher or Match or whatever whatever it's called. Matcher. Uh, Matcher. Swipe yes, swipe right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know the, the 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 guy that she sort of ends up with who kind of dumps her. I was wondering if he was going to be revealed to be uh, Wyatt Wingfoot because they seemed to hit it off, but then when she wasn't She-Hulk, when he wakes up in the morning, he seems to no longer be interested, or at least that's where we end the scene, their interaction. Uh, I'm wondering if he's going to come back. I don't know. I was wondering if they should bring in Wyatt. I don't know if that, that guy is him. Uh, his uh, character's name is Arthur, played by Michael Curiel. They didn't give him a last name, so more likely he's not coming back. Well, and that, well, and that could be maybe she meets Wyatt in like the final episode, or the, you know, something to kind of kind of tease for the next season. So then maybe oh now she, she's going to be guy and she's going to be involved with him, you know, next season. Um, but I've got a was, question for that. I'm sorry, are you done, Tim? Yeah, go ahead, Kurt. Uh, as they're, they're going through the various dates, one of them, and I don't know how to describe him except that he refers to her as what a specimen. Well, obviously mm, yeah. that's some, you know, that's dehumanizing, and the, the date comes to an end. But I've heard some speculation that says, hey, hey, that's more than it appears. That in fact is the big bad of the series. That's either the agent of or that is the, the the villain of the piece the collector who is looking for specimens to kidnap from the earth interesting i like that you're talking about alan the, the one that collector i don't know which one it is, but he, it's the one who, who says oh what a specimen that was that would you be know, benicio del toro what? Yeah, no. Benicio del Toro was a collector. Yeah, Benicio yeah. del Toro was a collector in Guardians of the Galaxy. About the date that she had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Alan, because Alan, it was he was treating it like it was a speed date, and you know when when she started talking about herself, he checked out, got on his phone, and then they ended the date. Uh, that's a different character. That's different. a different guy. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that was three characters later. Okay. Uh, there's there's a guy who's got uh, greasy dark hair, as I recall, and seems to be hanging on what she says, and then kind of goes over the line by mm -hmm. saying, geez, what a specimen you are. And, and I, I don't remember what breaks off the date, but... Was that Todd? Maybe, I don't know. It could yeah. be... It could be... Yeah, and I think he asked her about vibranium. Yeah. Okay. Right. He did ask about vibranium. He also asked her. Also asked her how. He asked her how much she could lift. Yeah. 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 He said about a ton or something like that. It's like he's researching She-Hulk. Well, and and remember, we're we're coming up to Secret Invasion, which is supposed to be scrolls. 
okay. So, yeah, but, but but that trailer looks like we, it's not. It's good scrolls and back. Because uh, you know they were obviously portrayed as the, the underdog and Captain Marvel. Right. So I think it's going to be like a. Uh, and granted, that was what Marvel timeline. That's mine. That's third. I think we're going to see a split because you see Ben Ben Mendelson um, in the trailer playing whatever his scroll scroll name was. So I think it looks like he's warning Nick Fury like, hey, you know, there may be scrolls, you know, hanging out hanging out here, visiting people. So it's going to be, be I think good scrolls versus bad scrolls. Um, yeah. That show, but. Kirk, uh, he he could either be yeah he could be could be a big could be the the antagonist. Um, I think he's just written to be socially awkward, so that he's just they're just kind of giving us a, a variety of we get that guy with the the guy that's really kind of sleazy you know, and interested as soon as he's on his phone and he except for walks away, and then we got then we get her perfect guy. Um, but how do you feel about the way you know she? You know, let's, let's go back. She tries this dating thing as Jennifer and gets nothing. Then right. she says, well, I'm going to make a profile that she helped happens and suddenly... Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, she's got all these people that she got with dates, and she's pretty pretty forward with this guy. I mean, she's immediately like, oh, he's a, he's a, ah. a pediatrician oncologist, and he's a yeah, mentor, and he's sensitive, <laughs> and he's... he's and, he, and he's handsome, even though she says to the camera, that's important, but it is. Uh, and she's him home, and, you know, they're, she's kind of made all the moves. She's 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 trying to kill him, and then she's, uh, and he gets called away to solve the big problem of the show. And then she comes back, and they and they basically that they sleep together. Uh, <clears throat> so how is that her uh, kind of objectifying him based on his looks, his personality. Yeah, I agree. Is that different than... She's doing just what she doesn't want done to her. Exactly. Um, Right. I agree with that. And then for her to sit there and take a picture of herself um, doing a selfie, making, you know, all these boo-boo and gaga eyes, (laughs) you know, that... I mean, isn't that saying something as well? That she's also using that side of herself to get dates? And then when they start going off, I mean, she was first really upset about having to go as she hoped to the office that way. Right. But now here she is trying to get dates that way. So, I mean, where do you draw the line? There's there's a lot of mix. But I think that's part of the point of this whole series, the the first season, is her coming to terms with and actually enjoying being She-Hulk. Yeah, Tim, right. was it your right. your wife who brought that up? That I, I don't remember who brought it up, but somebody said, yeah, she's 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 becoming more and more comfortable with She-Hulk as opposed to uh, Jennifer Walters, and I I agree with you very much, Beth. I think that's that's what we're seeing here, an arc of the the character, a progression where she's coming to to grips with She-Hulk is appealing and I enjoy being the She-Hulk and I can play the She-Hulk and I can play other people 
I think we're headed there. Right. I think Burns as far as I know, in the comics, she's very confident yeah. being She-Hulk. She didn't have uh, the problems with being sexy. She doesn't have problems with showing her strength. You know, and she didn't have a problem showing that she might be smarter than the guy next to her, you know, or a woman next to her. She had no problem doing that or putting them in their place. That's what made She-Hulk so appealing. So I think while she tries to find herself, we get to see that in her journey, her having those mixed feelings about what she is and who, when she should be Jen and when she shouldn't. Well, I, I know they're trying to, to kind of make a statement of, you know, this is what all women go through, you know, this is the struggle they have of kind of, you know, man's world. What I liked about when Byrne took over or brought her on, to uh, DNF, uh, uh, the rest of them took accepted her, just like, and she became a part of the family. And she didn't have to really sell. Um, I think she was she was super comfortable who she was. She was confident. She was she had her opinions. She had her own agency. Uh, she didn't she didn't uh, constant. She was being she was treated with respect and. Uh, I, I, certainly the, the rest of the superhero crowd seemed to be respect, and the FF certainly treated her respect. So you didn't have to have a lot of that um, for myself. You know, it was more about, she more like trying to fill in, to prove that she was as worthy as Ben, you know, trying to fill those big shoes. Yeah, I'm, but, I, that's what I'm remembering, the, the, the drama, not the drama, that her internal monologue was, am I going to fit in? How could I fit into their family? That was the, the self-doubt. It wasn't that right. I'm not strong or I'm not good enough, only in terms of do I belong on this team? And I think we ultimately she was written as, yeah, she fits in so much so that when the psycho man um, subjugates her, they come after her and don't they rescue her? From the, the yeah. sewers of whatever micro world they're in. Yep. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what she's. Well, to the point where I think when Ben comes back to Earth after Secret Wars, yeah, he doesn't immediately begin to join back up with the FF. I think he realizes that she fits in there pretty well. I don't yeah. remember when she leaves. That's uh, yeah, I don't remember left, that either. That's outside of Burns. Uh, it's after he's left. He's left. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Somebody tried to turn the clock back and and reassemble the chessboard. It's like um, they need to pull a little more from Burns' run, run, and report with breaking the fourth wall. I want her to really break it. Well, she more did in this episode, didn't she? But I, I think yeah. there was a lot of it. But she, she did, Burns, yeah. I, she, this is more uh, her on Magnum P.I. He would have sometimes either through he wouldn't, he wouldn't take him, but he would do it in his monologue, you know, right. his voiceover. He would address the audience. Right. I know I what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, and I want to plug in a great, he later just did a great episode of Magnum. Go and listen to it. Uh, I want her to break the fourth while we burned it. You know, burn. She acknowledges it's on a show, but I wanted to really, you know, like I said, I wanted to walk, walk off set. And walk over to her, and you know, suddenly they return, and you see 
the writer and director and the whole crew there <laughs> yeah. to a writer and says, hey, says, hey, wouldn't do that. That's not right. Now fix it. Fix it. And then she gone to set. That kind of, you know, burnt it all the time. You know, she was ripping pages. She was a young panel. You know, she was doing all this kind of goofy stuff to do that she was in a comic book. And I want her to do a little bit of that. Yeah, I think that would be great. I remember Brian talking about her doing that quite often. And it was pretty great. Now, I've never read any of their comics as far as that's concerned, but I think I would love that to see that actually happen, you know, in the series. But I wonder if it's just because she's getting started and getting comfortable. Kind of makes me wonder about that. Yeah, they may feel that. A little of that's going to go a long ways, though. I mean, if you moonlighting notwithstanding, if you break the fourth wall so far that the character comes off set and the camera pivots around and she's talking with the director or the scriptwriter, what have you, that's you can only do that once or so before your audience is really going to have a bucket of water thrown in their face. I I, I hear what yeah. you're asking for, Tim, but I I think. Yeah, I think that's a step too far, and I'm not sure that they should play that card more than once. I don't remember watching Moonlighting, but my understanding is they would reference the fact that they were in the show and writers, but it would go by so quickly that it wouldn't derail the story. Yeah, and that, I, I, yeah, they're they're probably playing it safe so that they, so that they to your to your point that if they do that, they need to break the show. Um, or but you know, make it a, a, a runaway to do notes, but, um, did anybody well, care? Well, I don't think you know unless you try. Yeah. Why would my singing No one the ever thought You know, do it as a closed credit scene where she's, you know, the camera pivots and she's sitting there looking at the script and talking to somebody about, well, I'm going to get in bed with him. And then yeah. looks up and looks at the yeah. camera and goes, oh, wait, cut, cut, cut. You know? Yeah. That, that may be my movie. Uh, I still say they're they're missing not having Byrne do those closing closing credits work for that. Yeah. I know he won't he wouldn't do it. They probably didn't even approach him, but I think missing out on um tie in right there, him do the because I don't think the credits change. I think they're the same every week. Well I, I think I it would be funny if they had her reading the comic books and commenting on them. Or just reading a comic book. Have her read a uh, read a Hulk book, or have her you know they used to have that in Marvel. Law research. Well, I saw that uh, uh, someone had or I didn't notice this, but someone did out that I guess when she's on the computer or something, it's got her it's listing her case files or her do list or something. Yeah, on yeah. the show. And one of them is Lee versus Burn. Yeah, I saw she's that. She's working on. It. Yeah. Burn the show somehow. Folks, it's about uh, five minutes past the top of the hour. We've been at it about eh, 45 minutes or so. Is there anything else that we need to cover um, to to bring to the table here before we start to wrap up? Uh, I got one question for y'all. Are are y'all excited to see Daredevil in his iconic yellow suit? I am so looking forward to that. I haven't seen any drawings of it. And I don't know. I didn't think his red suit was bad the way that Ben Affleck uh, filled it out. Uh, people may not have liked the movie, 
but uh, I, I don't have a strong feeling because I haven't researched. Well, I, I'd like to know their explanation because you know, each comic obviously went from red and yellow to the more iconic red, which makes more sense. What is going to be his explanation for going going from where he had the red suit and he had a black suit? For his black and he had the red suit. Why is he going to now this red and so? So people don't get him confused with Spider Man. Oh, so you're saying <laughs> he's going to go from a red suit to yellow and black, not the other way around? So it's red, and yellow. red and yellow. Is it red and yellow or is it red? Is it yellow and black? It's red and yellow. Uh, okay. Well, then he's Iron Man. Yeah, they yeah, really get confused with Iron Man. A legacy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, uh, we're getting, uh, we're getting what, Iron Heart out of uh, the new Black Panther film. Yeah, I can't wait to see the guy who plays Namor, honestly. I think we're all waiting for that one. Well, you see, you see, he's a Patrick um, Duffy. No. That's a deep oh. cut. Oh, oh man, from Atlantis, you kidding me? Yeah. Man from Atlantis, I used to watch that all the time. I've uh, never seen a single frame or episode of it. You've never so. seen it? Oh, no. really? No, it's not at all. I mean... Because uh, it, it was like that... I think the, the man from Atlantis had Star Trek writers on it. Because they would do some really freaky stuff. Like when they did the whole Romeo and Juliet reenactment. It was... Uh, I don't know uh, if you're pulling my leg or not, Ryan. No, I'm not. I'm not pulling your leg. He, I don't remember who was the writer. He, it was... Uh, wasn't a hard bit or action who produced it was it lar maybe glenn larson i'm looking i'm looking i can't remember i, I watched it i know I, no, I, it was only there's only about 12 or 12 13 episodes it's very long it's not very um creators uh oh herbert solo oh there you go oh, there you go yeah just a trip reference yeah, because he was what it wasn't producing. bad it yeah wasn't, it was typical 70s kind of um it was better than a uh, Divinite Man, if you remember that. With yep. Ben Murphy. Yes, I remember that. Um, I got my first digital watch because of that that show. <laughs> I kept wishing you turn invisible every time you check on baby. Yeah. I ran that battery down in like a week. <laughs> well, guys, uh, uh, I'm feeling well, the day. I just have one quick question to everyone. So at the very end of She-Hulk, um, was Tatiana the woman who... Oh, Titania? Who, yeah. Or Titania, was it? Uh, whoever came in, was she the superhero? Yeah, she was in the first or, episode. She yeah, was the one who broke in. The one who broke in, right? Yeah. Okay. She was finding a parking ticket and broke through the wall into the courthouse. And now she's... Right. I don't quite get how she's suing for the trademark. This must be an arc. It must be leading into the next episode or something. I don't know where they're going with that. Well, they, they said but, she was an influencer, so she's one of those uh, that, that that finds any angle possible. Like when Trump tried to trademark, you know, you're fired for uh, his show, The I Apprentice. Yeah. I don't understand how she's trying to do that when she is the She-Hulk. I would think that there's got to be and then trying to go up against her as a lawyer, I just don't know what, her, what she thinks is going to happen. I didn't really care for her outfit or the character, but yeah, you know, I figured she's in it now. Different than the 
comic. It's very, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of hoping we get some more. Because when we have Rogue's Gallery, I mean, there aren't really any, I think, right? and, and Titania's not really She-Hulk villain. It just happens to be another super strong woman. Well, she's the first one to actually stomp the She-Hulk in Secret Wars. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, but, but I don't think she ever came up in, in any other because when she was with the FF, she had the FF villains. Uh, I don't know if she had any villain in the, the Savage Hulk. I don't know. I haven't read. I've got those issues. So, you know, I'd be nice if we could got Titania in there. We already have the Absorbing Him. Was on, yeah. on yeah. Geo. Bring him back. I don't know if they're going to link those two. Maybe they will. We'll see. Uh, oh. I did find one other piece of trivia I found really, really interesting. The guy that played Donnie Blaze yeah. is actually married to the episode's director. Oh, nepotism. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think he did a really good job of playing the ass. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. He, he, he was, was kind of a right there kind of and character. a good performance. So I don't care if we ever see him again, but... Uh, Oh, I have well, one piece of research I wanted to, to bring to the table. Uh, much like uh, in the Jennifer uh, Jennifer Walters uh, research, Superhuman Law Division, how they treat comic books as past legal cases and research yeah. to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I did a little research after last week's episode where we started, I tangented off to the, uh, the Incredible Hulk and we're talking about how he flew in the first episodes. I want to, Your Honor, I'm bringing to the court uh, issue three, page number 16, where there is a, a segment that actually shows him flying and people say, look, he's flying. And then at the end of the issue, uh, I believe it's uh, page six, at, at the bottom of the page, is 11, uh, they do it again with the Ringmasters episode where he's flying. And then in the fourth issue, he flies over top of an army jeep and literally changes directions while he's got hold of, of Rick. So yeah. he literally could fly in those few episodes. But I don't, I don't know, Kirk, if they were any, I know they were the, in the cover. I think the color, the cover, some white guys say, I think it's stopping. Yeah, it's number three. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they, I've read those, I don't care how many, how many times. I don't know if they actually considered him lying as opposed to he's leaping and somehow, you know, granted, changing directions and flipping and grabbing someone, someone that's preposterous. But yeah, I agree. I just because I just want to let you know that I did my due diligence and <laughs> I'm way off topic now. Are you count belling yourself, Kirk? Yes. He digresses. <laughs> Okay, that's all I've got for today, guys. No, I think we uh, I've been covered pretty good. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it, it's, it's, the, the shows are enjoyable. I mean, they they are, are uh, average. I you know, they're not. I'm not necessarily like ooh. See, what I'm just more curious, more curious, more out of curiosity now, and because we're covering them, but um, it's not you know, it's not as. It, it, I will say this: the, the, the humor in it. Although I don't think so, although I think it's that funny. It's better than the, than the Thor film, because that seemed very forced. At least the humor in this seems to be kind, kind of trying to make it come out of the character, not telling 
um, which is about, you know, that'll just show quicker than anything else if it's not really organic, but. Not different writers. Yeah, yeah, it just depends. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not saying that I wouldn't watch it even if there was something else on, but right now there really isn't anything else on. <laughs> when it comes on, so I look forward to getting to watch it just because of that reason. At least there's something to watch that I don't mind watching. Yeah. I enjoy watching it. I look forward to it every week. But does it have much, does it have any rewatchability? Uh, do you see yourself coming know. back yeah. and watching me, Kirk? I'm yeah. going to go watch it a second time tonight after you guys pointed out some things. I that's where I'm headed as soon as we and end. And it's a quick walk. I mean, it's 30 minutes. You're in, you're, yeah. you're in and out. You know, so um, it'd be interesting you know, if they're going to bring her in and she's going to strictly stay in this series. I'm assuming there's going to be a season. Or will they have her cross the film or cross this into another, uh, like, okay, Daredevil is crossing into her show. When Daredevil gets his show, is she going to cross into that? I mean, they're both, I mean, they're both white, couldn't they? She, uh, you know, have a little pollination there between those two shows. So I yeah, would like same. that personally. I would like to see that happen, or them to at least cross paths at some point. That would be great. Yeah. Or have her run into Daredevil, you know, somewhere in, you know, just in passing or something. Even if they were both in their outfits. You know, her being she and him being Daredevil, that would be awesome. Well, it's just a passing reference. Right, if right. Somebody yeah. mentions her. I think she's going to be sprinkled in that there's going to be some, uh, some, some crossover. They may not have to pay the actress, but they may do the digital She-Hulk in a scene. Right. I, I think you're going to see something. And I'll, 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 I'll say that. Her, when they got her as She-Hulk, and she digital, that suit they got her in, what? I thought they did something kind of cool that they showed her when she was warm. She's wearing an oversized suit, knowing that when it comes to She-Hulk, it's going to fit. Right. But the suit they got her in, her in is pretty, not very flattering. Uh, I don't know if they're not, they not want something that's a little more form thin, but it's got a huge shoulder pads on it. I don't think that. I don't think that's colors. I think they can put her in something as little uh, more attractive. Hmm. All right. Well, folks, if we're at the end, um, I want to encourage the people who are leaning over our shoulders and listening in. If you want to write us, you can find us at gottagetburned at gmail.com or go to the Third Degree Burn Facebook page to add your comments. Tell us if we're uh, of hot air or if in fact you're agreeing with our analysis of this series because we're enjoying it we'd like to hear your voice as well and if, and if you're listening to this you haven't downloaded and listened to our 100th episode we'll do it right now we spend a lot of time on that we had a special guest star our... lots of special guest stars that's right we all the way from japan yeah. we had nigel spink all the way from japan we pulled to pay no expense. Yep. And his Skype did not stutter. <laughs> anyway, so let me at least go around the panel and thank you all. Brian Hughes, Tim Elliott, um, Beth and Chris from Brian's family. Tim's uh, wife couldn't make it tonight, but we look forward to 
to her return. I love her comments and her participation. So for Third Degree Burn, I'm Kirk Greenfield saying thank you for joining us and good night. Good night. Adios. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.